Hello, I'm Sharon Hollis. I'm the President of the Uniting Church in Australia Assembly. Welcome to my podcast. I'm really hoping with these podcasts that I can bring to you some of the rich, deep, diverse conversations I get to have as President of the Uniting Church. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome um, to my podcast, Dwelling. My name's Sharon Hollis. I'm the President of the Uniting Church in Australia Assembly. Um, I'm recording this podcast on the land of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present and to their descendants. Um, in acknowledging them as the sovereign owners of this land, I also honour the covenant between Uniting Aboriginal and Islander Christian Congress and the Uniting Church, and to the journey um, to walk together and to set right that which is wrong in our relationship and in our land. Um, it's a great joy today for me to have another one of the amazing women that we've been featuring from uh, the nominations for the International Women's Day uh, profile that we did. And I'm really delighted to be joined by Kim Corby today. Uh, Kim, welcome to my podcast. I'm delighted to have you. Oh, thank you, Sharon. I'm equally delighted. And as, I, as we were saying before the, the, the recording commenced, uh, it was wonderful uh, to be humbled and um, um, given great joy to be part of the, the group of women who were um, nominated as part of the International Women's Day celebrations. Kim, um, I often start this podcast just by asking people about um, their involvement in the life of the Uniting Church. So we might start there and then we'll um, talk a bit more about the rest of your life as well. But Kim, do you want to tell us a bit about um, what you currently do and how you got to that role? Yeah, well, my, my current role is a manager rep program for Uniting Care Queensland, which is um, a large role and I uh, get to uh, work with a team of identified people. So we work as a group of six uh, working across the um, Uniting Care businesses. And um, as you can imagine, we don't do that in isolation. We need to work uh, with teams and activate uh, committees to actually do the work of reconciliation across the business. So it's pretty exciting. And I've been in the role since August last year. I came over and joined uh, the director, Bruce Moore, and the team. Um, but prior to that, I was with the Synod for four years, uh, starting with Raymont Residential College as a registrar after not uh, working full-time for, for quite a while. I was mum and looking after my children. And I decided once um, my youngest um, went into high school, I'd start looking for full-time work again. And, uh, and I knew that I wanted to get into not-for-profit because I've been in the commercial business, uh, commercial sector for a long time and corporate sector for a long time. And um, yeah, I was really grateful when the, the, um, the then principal saw something in me and I started my journey there. So I was raised in the Anglican church. Um, yeah, so all through there. And so, you know, being, working for a church organization was, I found really fulfilling. And um, um, I leant right into that because it was welcomed. What I really found um, most um, wonderful about the, the work that I was doing is that Christ and the Lord lived in the, the church and in Raymond quite, you know, overtly. Mm -hmm. And um, it wasn't odd to be saying prayers before meetings and all of those sorts of things. So it gave me an opportunity to dig further into my, um, my Christian walk and my faith um, 
And um, yeah, no, no, I was supported in that. So I moved over into operations and started working across, you know, uh, Raymont, which shares the site with the Uniting Church Synod in Orkinflower there, and got to know a lot of the wonder people, wonderful people working in the Synod and was really lucky, actually, because I was in the inaugural um, Plentiful Leadership Program. And for me, that, um, you know, tapped into things that had been dormant for me for a while as a, a woman who'd been in the corporate environment and then gone into mother, you know, mothering duties for over 10 years that so it enlightened something in me to enable me to actually become, you know, more of who I who I was. And um, yeah, so I was really grateful to participate in, in that. Yeah, but unfortunately for probably for the Synod, well, as they said, but they still get to work with me anyway, um, because we're all one. Uh, they said, oh, no, we lost you. You went to Uniting Care. <laughs> but that was, you know, it was a good thing. <laughs> but, you know, the work that I'm doing in Uniting Care much more aligns with my heart at this time in my life mm. as well. Um, so do you want to say a bit about um, how and why that aligns with your heart? Well, yes, because I'm a, a Koa Waka Waka woman. So um, Koa is the Winton region. And, um, you know, I grew up, as I said, in the Uniting, uh, in the um, Anglican Church. And my mother was really heavily involved in the Murray Anglican Church. So as a young woman, you know, 18 to sort of 25, I spent a lot of time supporting mum in those works. So sort of walking beside her, speaking on her behalf when she didn't feel that she wanted to speak into a particular space. And um, yeah, so, but I had to lay some of that work down when I, you know, became an early mother and I went into corporate work. I just couldn't do it all. Mm. So it was something that was dormant again, which I spoke about earlier. It was that that was, that was dormant in me for a little while. So um, now I feel the time is right. I'm of the right age and the right experience to actually bring, bring um, forth um, you know, a, a bit of confidence in speaking into the reconciliation space within Uniting Care. So it aligns where, where, where every, everything I am at this point in time in my life. Yeah, so, and there's lots of work to do in reconciliation, but I'm really, I'm really heartened. And I presented to a senior leader group, leadership group at Uniting Care yesterday. And, you know, and as I said to them, you know, I love working for the Uniting Church and I love working for Uniting Care because the, the commitment that um, the church and, and the Uniting Care have to reconciliation is genuine and deep-seated and it goes across all levels of management. So, you know, communicating that to our new people who come through is vitally important. So they really understand that it's not, oh, yes, we'll just tick that reconciliation box. We'll do these, you know, little steps to make everyone feel. It's much deeper than that. The commission mm. commitment is much, much more deeper, much, sorry, deeper than, than, than that. I'm so glad that you found a place where you can bring um, your life experience, your skills um, and who you are as, as, a, as an Indigenous person um, to work. That's uh, really fantastic. Um, and um, it always makes me happy when I hear stories like that. So, so I'm so grateful. Um, I might just go back to the beginning of your journey with the Uniting Church and, and Raymond College, which for those in other states, if that's a residential college that the Uniting Church runs in Queensland, and as Kim said, they're, um, they abut the, the Synod office. Um, what, what, what do you think it was about going there that um, helped you find um, those skills that you had, but had perhaps been resting while you were mothering? Yeah, I think it was, as I said, that, that um, faith lived 
at the forefront of what we did. Mm. It was an overt faith, faith that we um, uh, enacted in, in all of our daily lives. But, you know, the principal at the time was really, really supportive. He was, um, 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 you know, supported me in moving towards um, grow my own personal growth. Um, uh, it, I suppose also being with younger people and mm. being in that space. And I ha I'd had, I'd come from, you know, um, raising two young daughters. Um, my, my second was just about to go into uni at the same time. So I was, I understood the journey that they were on and, um, and they're really inquisitive as well. So they don't really know a lot about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander life and, mm. and how, um, you know, what, what, you know, what affects um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people on a daily, you know, just everyday living perspective. So, um, you know, speaking with them and spending time with them. And yeah, actually, on reflection, it was time. Mm. We were allowed, we were given the gift of time. And, you know, when you when you come from a corporate environment where there's, you know, huge amounts of pressure to deliver, every day is delivery. Whereas, of course, in, you know, we're, we're fiscally responsible within the church and we're good stewards and all of those sorts of things, but we hold that tension really well with the care for, the, the the person so we, I, I what I really understood quickly when I stepped into that role that every person mattered mm. and you know we were given the time to actually invest in every person as well so you know we didn't yeah I didn't feel as though I had to perform um, and and forego those relationships it was through relationships that I got to perform so yeah oh wow I love that <laughs> through relationships I got to perform that, that um uh, you know I, I'm I've come from pastoral ministry as, as my early background in ministry and um uh, that resonates a lot with with me too that sense that, that it's relationship that is very important yeah and it's such a gift you know Sharon to be able to spend time with young people when they're stepping into their adult mm. life you yes. know and the, you know the church runs um many um mm -hmm. residential facilities and you know it's something that we should be really really proud of that we work in that area because you know we shape young people we help them you know find a find a faith walk or even those who don't decide to you know step into the world of faith at least it's not so foreign to them anymore they they have an appreciation of you know what it is to live live um in the light of god mm. and um with other people of faith and it it stops being the other you know it's it's just it's you know it's wonderful well that's great i'm so glad to hear that's a great ministry that that college is offering because yes and we do um, we yeah I'll, actually I'll step in here because I'll give them a plug we actually have you know and it is a ministry we have over 30 well, we did have and still continue to do, do so of a college of around you know 100 to 110 students there is regularly on on worship on Friday afternoon and then on Sunday a Friday evening and then Sundays you know 25 to 35 young people wow. you know continually um, in worship and fellowship together that's an excellent plug for them. And so anybody that's listening and, and got students thinking about uni in Queensland, there's a good uh, tip. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I wanted to pick up what you said about going to the Plentiful Leadership Program. Um, what about what did you learn about leadership from, from that? Yeah, for me, it was all about um, building, again, time. 
Mm. You know, in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, we know that innately that everything takes time and to do something well, you need discernment and you need deep thinking and all of those sorts of principles and, and, um, and deep listening, sorry, um, and all those principles to actually really engage authentically with yourself and others. But um, you forget that. You forget that because you focus on what your output is. So again, this plentiful leadership program ignited in me what I needed to do in terms of daily practices to take five minutes, you know, between each meeting, all of those little d disciplines, you know, set my day up well, think, um, spend a bit of time in meditation and all of those principles that make you a better person. And that limbic response that you, you do as, you know, as an operations person when you're putting out fires all the time, which is what I was doing, um, you know, operationally, you're constantly in problem solving mm -hmm. mode. So it, it um, uh, realigned my thinking to say, okay, well, well, I can still do that, but I'm going to be more effective if I, you know, slow that down, understand what my response is to others before I actually move forward so yeah yeah that that was one of the the key things and also just being able to be in a cohort of really different people people mm -hmm. from wonderfully you know diverse um backgrounds within the church and those connections are still there so I felt like I wasn't just part of a small component of the church it widened my eyes and widened my understanding of how the church operates um you know throughout mm -hmm. the state so you know it's wonderful because you know it's a huge organization yes. we we work for with so many people and you know and wonderfully good-hearted people so now how could you not enjoy it oh, i'm so glad um and um i'd like to just ask you now about your current role where you, you um are working as the lead on the the reconciliation action plan for uniting care in queensland mm. um and you talked about having the the, the support and the commitment of, of the senior managers. Mm. Um, do you want to say a little bit, could you say a little bit about what you think it takes, what, what sort of stance or disposition do leaders in organisations need to be open to, to yeah. that journey of reconciliation? Yeah, I think um, actually formalising your approach to reconciliation is really important. Mm. So doing the work and going through that discernment process of understanding what it is that you're actually truly trying to achieve in, in your desire to reconcile with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Mm. So yeah, when I say formalising that process, with the partnership in with Reconciliation Australia is really important because um, we hold each other to account in that. Mm -hmm. So in that relationship, there's, you know, there's responsibilities to each party in that. And it also, um, and I know the church actually had the covenant and we did um, uh, walk with First Peoples, but there, you know, there was um, probably moving um, structures around that. So I say formalising that process and, and Uniting Care did that in uh, 10 years ago. So ten, um, in 2022, we celebrate 10 years of um, partnership with reconciliation here in Uniting Care Queensland. So that's kind, kind of wonderful. So that's really an important first step is understanding what you're really trying to achieve mm -hmm. and how that aligns with your value systems with, which is pretty easy for us as a church, you know. So if you're talking for someone outside the church, that's the work that they've got to do. But we've been on this journey for a very long time uh, mm. and, and been leaders in that journey for a very long time. Second to that, I suppose, is um, the ELT 
really and and boards really understanding Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples a little bit more. So them being prepared as the leaders and the decision makers, the strategy strategist strategists. Um, doing the work to actually understand, walk with First Peoples, um, do your cultural appreciation programs and um, develop your own independent learning and, and mm -hmm. relationship with community. And that's something that we're, we're really um, embarking on at a deeper level this year. That's part of my focus is to spend a year in consultation with communities. So we're building community networks up and down the state to really lean into that um, self-determined model of reconciliation mm -hmm. so that we can bring that in. Um, and then thirdly is um, making it part of everyone's business throughout the day. So it doesn't become this add-on that it's just part of that embedded process. So, um, and which is wonderful in the six months that I've been there, you know, I've even seen a shift in people uh, coming to me with, you know, Kim, I've got this idea. I think I'd really love to um, explore some strategies around um, engaging with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples within my team. I'd like to build my, my workforce a little bit more in that area, but how do I do, do that? So I'm work, we're working in separate little streams with people and managers, senior leaders, to try and first identify the why, because um, obviously in any in um, reconciliation action plan, there is always you know a, a targeted number of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples that you'd like to have employed, but it's it's never just about the number. It's right. about what you're trying to achieve with that. What are the competencies you're trying to develop within Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people? Where are our future leaders in that, in that mix? And what are we doing to actually support their growth? So, um, and that's the discernment process that we're engaging in, in this wrap that we have presently. So yeah, that's sort of the structure that we're building around it. Does that help? That's been, no, that's really interesting. And I'm, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about um, lots of like little congregations and little um, by the standards of Uniting Care Queensland, which as you say, our agencies are big, mm. I mean, big businesses um, and big social services. And they have, a, you know, they work in a lot of places. And I'm just thinking, you know, if if a congregation, someone from a congregation has a heart for this and is listening, there's still so much wisdom in what you're saying. I think that that sense that um, to really interrogate why, so that when you make an approach to an, to your local community, you're doing it out of a place of knowing why you want to do yes. that, what what the motivation is, and you and being able to articulate that. Um, you know, to that community so that you come transparently, I think, or as yeah. transparently as you can. Yes, that's right. And it might be like you might have the the a, a why that's misaligned with the community's desire, yes. but at least articulating something with humility and real um, um, a genuine desire to know more will just open the the conversations up a lot more. Anyway, mm. we we are um, in terms of our community engagement, we um, have um, Unite on Country, which is you know part of the Walking on Country. We've mm. named it Unite on Country, and myself and Peter Armstrong. Um, one of the ADOMs up here, uh, we're looking to try and, and bring in congregations mm. to the walks that we're doing with, um, 
with um, Uniting Care as well, so that it's not just a Uniting Care focus that we, you know, bring in people from congregations for that as well, because we understand that it's pretty hard to cross those lines sometimes and, you know, um, to actually get to know community members and mm. um, being welcomed in by um, a reconciliation team is, is can be sometimes easier mm. for you. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that that um, impressed me and, and challenged me in what you said was that, you know, the, the leadership have to have their own learning plan. Mm. Like they can't rely on you to do all the work. No, all them. <laughs> and I, we get a bit tired. <laughs> yeah, well, I just think that's such an important corrective to us. Like I have a responsibility. Yeah. To do some yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I have to keep reading. I have to keep learning. I have to keep interrogating my own motivations, my own um, desires and asking why and, you know, is this just to meet my own need or is it to, to be engaged in genuine, a genuine move um, together? Um, yeah. So I think there's such wisdom in that too. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I just wanted to ask you, so in the Uniting Churches, you said we've got a covenant that we established um, a long time ago. Um, and we're looking to um, have a service of renewal of that covenant um, when we meet in person as an assembly. Um, what, as, a, um, as an Indigenous person, what would you want to say to the church about what it takes to be in relationship with First Peoples and to take that covenant seriously? For, for me and for, from the words of, uh, of others, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples that I've spoken with in our yarning circles that we um, conduct up here and just generically in my life with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, is that um, uh, lead with, you know, a, a focus on reconciliation um, prior to covenant. Now, that might be seen as something that's because from an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, we may not necessarily understand what covenant means. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. People who are faith do and people who are within the church absolutely do. But those who we're trying to um, understand better and um, build relationship with may not understand that as well. Mm. So um, if you put a reconciliation lens through that covenanting space first to see what do Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people need to build a life and build a framework around that life that enables them to step firmly and further into covenanting with us. Because, you know, many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, as you know, are dealing with, you know, immense um, trauma issues, problems with unemployment and health and mm. um, lack of proper education, all of those sorts of things. There's many wonderful things that are happening, but, you know, <coughs> the, the, um, youth justice system that we need to get right, all of those sorts of things. We bring that all to the table that, you know, and that's all in our minds as we sort of contemplate what it is to to, to, to be in covenant with someone. Mm. So, or with God, sorry. Um, yeah, so I I don't know if I, t I articulated that well enough, but that's what I, um, I speak of with when I'm speaking with... Um, the moderator, Reverend Andrew Gunton, is, you know, to speak in covenant terms, but also in reconciliation terms mm. as well. So overlay mm. them and see where the crossovers are. Yeah. When I look at the, the history of the, the church in Australia, uh, it never ceases to amaze me that um, Indigenous people want to be in relationship with the church. I know. We do. <laughs> 
our history is, um, you know, we're a huge contributor to that trauma, to that intergenerational trauma. And um, yeah, it never, it humbles, it humbles me every single time um, an Indigenous person is willing to, to journey with us. Um, I find that remarkable. Yeah, we're pretty peaceful people overall. Mm. You know, we are. We've, 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 we we enjoy a sense of peace and humour and fun and all of those sorts of things. Mm. And I don't think enough of um, um, Australia really understands that about us, that yes. we're, you know, we're fun-loving people, you know, because a lot of people see, you know, all of the... the um, um, activity that doesn't display that but there's mm. so much fun fun in our culture and and so much joy in our culture and love and mm. yeah peace so much peace mm. <laughs> yeah I remember my mother saying to me when I was a young you know person 22 23 um she was um you know I was normally you know, as normal um people of that age are quite angry and you know wanting to debark at the moon and change the world and she said to me you know Kimmy, just settle. It's all right. It, it just takes time. Now, this was this was 30 years ago, and she said to me, um, you know, it could be another 50 years before we see some real change. Yeah. You know, we've got our young people coming through universities, and, and they'll, they'll be the change makers. Yeah. And, and that is happening. It's, it's, it's actually, as she sort of spoke to me about as a young woman, you know, it is coming to pass. The life that, you know, I saw when I was a young woman with mum on this path to where we are now, it streaks ahead. This is mm. just so much more to do, but we are in a very different space and the and, collective consciousness has changed. Yeah. And, and, and I think um, the, the Indigenous community has so much to be proud of for what it's, oh, yeah. it's achieved. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that is remarkable. I, I think that, that notwithstanding the circumstances in which, um, you, you know, that is Australia, that, that that there is so much achievement, so much capacity. Yeah, yeah, and so much goodwill now, yes. like from from the majority of yeah. Australians to actually understand a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's some really good educators, you know, the, uh, I know the Synod speak up in Queensland is speaking to a couple of um, people, uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who work in universities. They're looking to, you know, try and restructure what's happening in the school systems and so forth so that um, culture is respected as a, um, as a legitimate way of learning. So mm. truancy isn't truancy if they're actually out on land and, cult and with their elders yes. learning. Yes. So it's all of those sorts of things. And that wouldn't have even been considered, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been laughable. So, yeah, it is changing. Your mum um, sounds like a remarkable person in your life too. Um, one of those. Yeah, uh, she, was. she sounds like one of those strong black women that raises up impressive, <laughs> impressive children. Um, yeah, she was actually. Yeah. And I. Yeah, I. I uh, go on. Uh, as I grew up on in Sherberg, um, and my. I like to, you know, speak of my um, my um, grandmother and grandfather and my great grandparents. They actually, um, my great grandmother, uh, she was from Winton and she came down and she actually managed the ration shed up there. So Granny and Grandfather did that. 
my great-grandfather and great-grandmother. And, and then my, um, my grandfather was one of the first um, police liaisons up there, all faith people. And, you know, mum was strong as well. She was, you know, she was taken at 14 to be a domestic, but she, um, she uh, you know, created a good life for me. And she learnt through, yeah, she was, um, went to school until grade four, I think, but how she learnt English was through crosswords. She was a, a, wow. a demon with crosswords. She was great. Yeah. So, yeah. So she showed me resilience and how to, yeah. you know, navigate a path that wasn't made for you, but you can, you know, track it out yourself. Kim, as I've spoken to you, I feel like um, I've I've encountered such wisdom from you and I'm so grateful. And I feel like I've um, had a tiny glimpse of the wisdom of the, the women that stand be, around you and behind you of your ancestors. And, and that's been such a privilege. I, I, I want to thank you for the conversation. I've, I've learned um, a little about you and a, a little about the work um, that Uniting Care Queensland is doing, um, which just makes my heart full of joy that um, they've had the wisdom to employ somebody like you to, to help them um, live up to who we want to be. Uh, I think we, we have to put we have to put our desires and hopes into action, into concrete action. And um, in, in what you've talked about, I, I've heard um, and glimpsed some of that. And um, the wisdom that you've shared that um, is helpful, really helpful for big organisations, but I think wisdom for, for, for local communities of faith wanting to, to take that step as well. Um, one of the things I've been learning about on Twitter over the last six months is, is black joy. And, um, and I've also, um, I've heard you laugh um, and, and share joy as well. And, and that's been a, a, a joy for me just to get a sense that um, as, as, as much as there's struggle, there's joy and that that, that joy will heal um, the community as well. Um, yeah. And so I really want to thank you for all of that, for the, for the, I feel like you and I were talking before we pushed record about how we could both talk for hours. And I, I feel that very deeply as I, as I bring this podcast to an end that um, there's a lot more wisdom. And, and uh, I, I hope I can have you back on as a guest um, another time. Um, but just for today, I want to say thank you so much for sharing a little of your, your, your life story and your journey with the Uniting Church. And I, I wish you and Uniting Care um, uh, deep joy and uh, deep change as you go on this journey of, of um, continuing the, the Reconciliation Action Plan journey. Thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I look forward to speaking to you again sometime. All right. Bye, Sharon.